Hello and welcome to episode six of the Grumpy Collector Podcast. I'm your host, Troy McHenry, an incurable collector of all things. On this week's episode, we're going to talk all about collecting in the world of EDC. If you're not familiar with EDC, it stands for Everyday Carry. The idea is curating those few important things we may want to have on ourselves or in the car or in our messenger bag on most days. And as always, if you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show on your streaming platform of choice. And without further ado, yeah, your life just got better. This week's episode is titled EDC, Easy as ABC. And I know what you're thinking. Weekly episode. Come on, Troy. I know. I'm using that term weekly loosely as I've been taking a, a bit of a break these uh, past few weeks, which actually has been kind of nice. Um, we had some, uh, the in-laws were in from Hungary and that took up a lot of time. And of course, Thanksgiving and getting ready for the holidays. Uh, but also for your benefit, I'm just going to say it also gave me extra time to percolate on this episode uh, for a longer amount of time than I normally would have. So I've been getting a lot of shower thoughts about this episode as it was kind of uh, getting put together in my my head over these past uh, few weeks. So apologize for the delay. I do think episodes will probably be coming out maybe every other week. Um, every week is just too much, but I still do like the format right now of, you know, every other episode being about uh, watches and then the off episodes about something else, because there's a lot more in this world than, than just watches, even though it seems like right now everyone can't stop talking about the cosine dial, Paddock Philippe Nautilus, with, uh, Tiffany and co. But there actually is other things going on in the world. With that being said, you know, when it comes to EDC, you may have no idea what I'm really talking about, but it actually is all around you and you might not even know it. You know, I was in Walmart uh, tonight picking up some things and in the magazine section there was actually a magazine all about edc called edc it takes a much more tactical edge you know talking about like flashlights and pocket knives and, and technical gear but if you're on instagram you've probably seen those palm shots or pocket dumps that people love to do and if you're not familiar with that you know a pocket dump is really a, a staged photo highlighting, you know, what is someone uh, carrying? What's that small kind of bit of EDC for them? It usually might consist of uh, a watch, could consist of a pocket knife, pen, maybe a, a bottle opener or a wallet. And so you, you see these all the time. And it, I, to me, it's so interesting that depending on kind of what community you, you're in, um, more so, you see different types of, of pocket dumps, mostly known as a watch collector and in turn i follow a lot of watch instagram pages and so when i see those palm shots or those you know where it's just showing someone's palm and they're holding things in their hand that's a palm shot or i see a pocket dump you know front and center is going to be that uh wrist watch most likely and then a few other uh, accoutrement then if i'm in an edc form you know there it may look very different where there could be um you know one they could have like 10 different things all perfectly matched out of the same materials, uh, which is always super cool. Or if it's a pen form, usually the pen is front and center. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the EDC community, which is predominantly on Facebook, uh, it seems like the pocket knife kind of grounds everything, um, which is a whole another rabbit hole we'll, we'll go down to uh, at some point. I can tell you right now, the show notes for this episode are probably going to be pretty epic uh, just because there's a lot of gear and stuff to cover and, and link up. And you probably won't even believe this, but I actually have a folder in Gmail titled EDC just because I subscribe to a lot of makers and uh, I need a place to put them because I don't want to delete their emails. And then if I buy something, I, I'll stick it in there too. And the thing that's so great about the everyday care, you know, the EDC community is um, it's a broad one. It seems like a very welcoming one, but it's a very um, like seat of your pants 
and you know the makers you can tell most of this stuff especially if you're really looking for the the hidden gems you know it's made by a guy who maybe works at a machine shop during the day and has access to um, a water jet so he can cut out some things at night or he's working on a small um, lathe or or um, you know cnc or mill you know just in the you know off hours at home which i think is really also what makes some of this um stuff i don't want to say adorable that's probably the wrong word but you know there's there's a craft to it as well and it's really fun to kind of to seek out some of those things that um you know are special and in that community it's like wow you have that that's amazing you know um like a, a burnley uh Cypop, you know that's a tough thing to get um which is you know if you think about it, it's just kind of a, a really fancy uh bottle opener and also um could be used i guess as kind of a, a knock you know if you're uh got into a fight um but it's so much more than that because that community that's kind of grown around that and it really started in the knife world but um you know it really has become much more than that and, and obviously there's people who collect tons of, of that stuff and if you have no idea what i'm talking about i'll link up some some links here um but you know they still are all done via drop they sell it immediately some really cool materials though like titanium and copper and um you know bronze uh i've even had some uh, ones where it was kind of different layers with like carbon fiber and stuff um my favorite one was I had a really thick one that was uh, uh, bronze, which was which was pretty awesome. Just had a great feel too. It was almost like a a worry stone, you know, just something you could hold like a like a stone in your hand. So, honestly, also I'm going to say with this EDC episode, each of the kind of categories we're going to cover really is is probably going to be a future episode deep dive, um, you know. Uh, in in the in the not too distant future because we we could go deep on on each of these and so really for this episode it's just get a taste for it and just the idea uh, behind EDC and so first you really got to think about what are the essentials you know what are you grabbing every day when you leave the house and then the idea is well we'll curate it right um, make it be you know reflective of you and your life and um, you know, maybe your style or your taste. So, you know, for me, the grounding things would be a, you know, like a wallet, car or house key, maybe glasses or sunglasses. You know, for some people, it's uh, earbuds. I can tell you there are three things I walk out the house with um, without a doubt, right? That's going to be my iPhone. And, you know, you even think about curating that, right? What type of device do you have? What type of case do you have for it? These are things you want to think about, you know? My phone, I have it in a really thin, all-black case, no branding. And it has the magnetic ring because I have a magnetic holder in my car because I use my phone for GPS all the time. My wallet, I have gone through so many different wallets, and I re- I'm, <laughs> I'm not the George Costanza wallet guy i'm the exact opposite of that i don't want some super thick wallet that you keep in your back pocket and then you sit down and it's causing you muscle pain or back pain that that's insane um i almost never have cash so for me a wallet just needs to be a, a simple and i'll say this too my last probably eight wallets i think i still have them all. i could take a fun group picture are literally just card carriers where there's maybe two or three you know slots on either side and then a a little opening on the top if you did have some loose um cash you could stuff in there but really it's meant to hold on either side maybe six or if you double it up maybe 12 you know like credit cards or id cards and i always ran super super minimal um now i have a slightly larger wallet uh by goyard which i really like I got when I was in Paris and that still just really holds, you know, has three slots on both sides, maybe two also down the, the inner side as it opens up. And then that just has a really small slot, uh, for, um, for, for cash. But I don't carry a lot of keys with me. 
you know this is something else that i've kind of thought about right because it does take some some consciousness i don't want to you know you have this idea when you're in school like the janitor has this huge key ring i was like i don't i don't need that um heck i (laughs) on my front door there's no keyhole it's a keypad we replaced it uh with a, a nest lock uh, long ago and if i'm pulling in to our driveway and garage i'm pushing a button to open the garage door right um so when i do take a key when i'm leaving the house it's one key which is the car key um but how do i kind of make that special well you know i bought some really cool paracord from uh, paracordplanet.com um they're not a sponsor or anything i'm just saying it so you know where to, to look if some, you know, paracord is great because, you know, the original idea behind it, like para means like parachute, right? It was kind of used for maybe some things like that or for some static lines. You could also use it as a, you know, it's so strong. You could, it's almost like accessory line if you know the rock climbing world where it's not necessarily something you'd want to put your life on, but if you needed some, you know, cord to, you know, hold on to some accessories or things, it works great. People can use paracord. It's a pretty narrow um, it has like nylon fibers running through the middle of it with a decorative outside. But, you know, you could use it in a pinch for a belt. You could use it to, um, you know, redo your shoelaces if you needed to. And a lot of people take paracord. This is all part of the EDC community, I swear. Um, I'm sure I can link up some things to it. But there's a lot of people who have taken paracord to the next level and that they do really intricate knot tying with them, right? You kind of hear about these like, monkey paws or monkey's fist where it's a really decorative knot with maybe a, a metal ball bearing or something at the end. I actually did a little a ball with some paracord. I, you know, there's some great YouTube videos to teach you how to do some of these knots. Mine has nothing in it. It's just a really cool decorative knot. And, and then I've put a lanyard bead on that. And, you know, that is just literally, so I have the knot from the paracord. I have the bead and then, you know, I can, put the loop through my car key and it's just something I can kind of go and grab. It just makes it easier to grab when the keys in your pocket that kind of have a little bit, you know, three, four inches of, of, um, it's almost like rope, right? This paracord, um, or that bead that you can kind of grab onto. And so that sounds simple enough, right? Well, then you got to think about the bead or what sort of bead do you want on it? Do you want like a metal bead, like a brass bead a lanyard bead do you want um titanium do you want steel maybe you want a really fancy material like uh, mokume uh, you know gane or maybe you want damascus or timascus where it's a titanium damascus i actually have beads in all of these materials i really like to mix it up and it's just kind of fun the bead i'm using right now on it though is made out of something called micarta which is such a great material it's um just almost like layers of, of canvas or burlap. Um, and then it's kind of pressed together between layers of, of fiberglass. And then you can, um, you know, kind of shape that. Um, the one I am, am using right now is by um, a guy named Kevin Buck and his company's Fuzzy Edge uh, Design. And he makes these, you can only find them on his Facebook page, you know, facebook.com slash fuzzy edge or you email him at his Juno account and he'll send you pictures and then with numbers beside every single bead available, each one's unique. And then, you know, you select the ones you want and he will, um, you know, ship them to you. I, th- I think he's in uh, Texas uh, and each one's handmade. Mine has a little inlaid circle of uh, like mother of pearl or um, abalone and it's just gorgeous and you just hold it and you just feel good. Um, and so I, I love that it's that unique, you know, occasionally I will swap them out or swap even the paracord if I want a different color or something, but that's pretty much what I'm rocking with the car key right now. And again, the wallet, that's the Goyard and, uh, and my phone, super simple, but I do still have a keychain. However, it's not on me. I keep it in the car. You know, I need a mailbox key, might need the key to, you know, my mother's house if I'm going over there. And then I've added three other things to it, which are kind of key things, I would say, that are categories within the EDC community. First one is 
a pen. Now, a lot of people are into pens, which I think is fantastic, you know, and I think a lot of us come at it in a lot of different ways. I started out, I just loved the idea of a fountain pen and thought those were so cool when I was younger and I had some Parker and uh, Waterman um, fountain pens. And then I realized they just cut for me and the way I write, they make a mess. I'm totally more of a, a gel pen or rollerball guy now. I'm not a huge ballpoint guy. However, um, for my keychain, what I have on it that I like so much is this little um, titanium pen with blue ink, and it's uh, called the Inca, I-N-K-A, and it's by um, Knight Ease, uh, N-I-T-E, and then I-Z-E. I don't think they make the titanium one anymore. Maybe you can find it, but it's awesome because it's only like two to three inches long, and then you can... Um, pop it off and turn it around and stick it back in. So it's kind of like you're pulling it out of a, a sleeve and then you can rotate the pen and stick it back in and then you have a full length pen. And what's great is it has a little um, hole in it where you could put in a little, um, you know, it's like snap ring um, that I have it. So then I have attached to my, my key ring. I love a lot of other pens. Like when you look at the EDC pens, you'll see a lot of ones now where I would say the new trend has definitely moved into not being so much so precious, but exploring materials like titanium, like copper. You know, copper has a lot of interesting antibacterial properties when you hold it. So that's kind of a nice thing to have for a writing utensil. Um, but the downside is it's actually pretty heavy metal. Um, you know, brass and bronze are even heavier. So you have to think about that. I really like having a mix of materials depending on, you know, what I'm, I'm feeling that day. But a lot of them now have created some of these makers, especially like I think of like a tactile turn. I'm holding one of their pens right now. And it, it has this really uh, clever button release. So you engage the pen by clicking on the top. You probably heard that. And then you push the button on the side and it un it un uh, it unlocks and shoots the the pin back into the housing. You can click the top again, and it uh, just goes it's just perfect and super light. Um, but a pin like this, I'm not going to keep in my car because it's just going to be in the door panel, um, and it's pretty big. And there's nothing that holds onto it. And so I loved the idea of having a small pen um that's super compact again it's titanium i could just put on my key ring so i have you know two house keys mailbox key i have this inca titanium pen and then the next thing i have is a flashlight you know a lot of us are fortunate that you know we have cell phones and most of them have where you can use the flash as a flashlight which Really, if you think about it, it's probably the most brilliant thing I've ever um, heard of. And it, I can remember, too, like it took them a while to get to that, right? Like I think a lot of us would use um, the camera setting and turn the flash on to use it as a flashlight. And then they figured out like, oh, people are doing that. Why don't we just make that a, a choice? Um, but a lot of times I don't want to take my phone out of the car if I already have it in the mount and I'm doing some GPS thing. And maybe I need a flashlight just to walk to the mailbox or I see something on the ground. And so I have a small um, flashlight made by Phoenix, the E99, also in titanium, 100 lumens, LED. It's just a small keychain flashlight. Um, but what I love too is it you know, just uses um, one AAA battery, super light. I think that flashlight they no longer make, but you know, there's tons of similar things and they're super easy and accessible to find. You could just hop on Amazon, you know, look for like the Surefire Titan or the Olight or Prometheus Lights makes a one that has a built-in quick release too. Um, so I really like that idea of having a pen. And you're going to see a theme here because then the third thing, so we have the flashlight, we have the pen, and the third thing is I have this little... It looks like almost like a triangle and it's by uh, Ken Jordan Jr. from Massachusetts. Um, he does metal work 
and <laughs> I have this um, little like pry bar thing he makes. Uh, his company is called Jordan Metal Art. It's again, there's a theme. It's titanium, uh, but it's his. Um, it's a bottle opener design that also has a quarter inch hex hole as well as a pry and screwdriver tip. Um, I have one that he calls uh, infected and it just because it has polka dots on it, almost like it has like chicken pox or something. Um, and it was from a batch he did of about 16. Um, you know, to find his stuff, again, he has a, a Facebook group and then he has just a little web page where they, you know, he does these timed drops. But um, what I like instead is it's not, first come first serve it's you know he's going to do a drop maybe there's 16 you can sign up for your interest and then it's a random drawing um i think that's kind of the, the fairest and when you think of like what he's doing now you almost have to go back long a ways i remember being on a, a forum called the usual um, suspects network usn and what i loved about that is, you know, that forum was all sorts of like um, knife makers. And then you had all these other collectors and makers of things. Um, and one that was on there who was very active. And I think he may still be also from Massachusetts, interestingly enough. I wonder if Jordan knows him. Um, his name is Peter Atwood. And he, I almost consider him like the father of EDC because he was the first one to make these small bottle openers that also had uh, where you could use it as a pry bar, a mini pry bar, and a screwdriver, all just out of one piece of metal. It was called a pry baby. He also made a smaller one called a keton. Um, and he still is making stuff. He's a great maker. I, I have quite a few of his pieces. Um, and he's at atwoodknives.blogspot.com. I think he started as a knife maker and then switched to more of these little EDC tools. And I think that's really what he's become um, much more known for. Um, so, and I love that, you know, these little pieces, I don't know, it's almost like a totem, but they're, they don't take up a lot of space. They're super simple, right? Cause it really, really, literally is just like one piece of metal that either has been textured, anodized, but it's how it's cut out and maybe has a couple angled or faceted surfaces that gives all the utility to it. And because they're usually thick enough, like, you don't have to baby these at, at all. You know, they can be on a keychain with the flashlight and the pen and the keys and um, everything's going to look fine. Plus, a lot of titanium is finished in like a tumbled finish. So um, when things kind of bounce against each other, like you, you don't even know. Uh, you don't even notice. You know, the other things that are now part of my EDC, I also keep in the car. <laughs> well, one, no surprise, a mask. Um that's, you know, the world we live in. So I keep a bunch of masks in the car because I realized we were keeping them in the kitchen. I'm like, these masks don't do any good in the kitchen. It just gives us one more thing to forget to grab when we're walking in the car. Why don't we just keep all the masks in the car? Um, so that was kind of um, uh, just something that we innovated on a little bit um, or leaned out. Uh, and then sunglasses. I want to keep moving sunglasses around. So I you know, when we had a couple cars, I always kept a couple pairs of sunglasses in each car. And that way you never had to worry about it. Um, you know, little things like that. Something else you will see when someone does, say, a pocket dump or is doing maybe that, that palm shot is you'll normally also maybe see a little piece of fabric like a handkerchief. And again, you know, What's a handkerchief, right? It's something you buy for a dollar or, you know, maybe it's a square you cut out of an old shirt or something. Uh, but, you know, people innovated on that in the EDC community. And, um, you know, one of the, the best ones I think of is the, is what was called uh, Fox Hanks, H-A-N-X. And it was a husband and wife team out of Decatur, Texas, uh, who made them. And what I love is they, on their website, they have, you know, what's the many uses of a handkerchief? And they're like, sure, it's to wipe sweat, be chivalrous, <laughs> dad rag, dusk mask, <laughs> blanket for a squirrel, play capture the flag, use it as a bandage, nose blowing. They even mention backdrop for pocket dumps, right? Signal device, washcloth or towel, 
filter water, uh, clean glasses, camera lenses, electronics, wipe down knives and gear, clot or apply pressure, you know, with a, if you had a, a bleeding wound, um, or just add a touch of style to your day. And, you know, think of, yeah, all the different uses you can have for um, a simple handkerchief. And um, they no longer make them. They've actually moved on. And um, the husband is um, working on a couple other businesses. Uh, one of them is uh, Tactile Knife Co., which is actually a kind of a spinoff or sub-business of, again, tactile turned pens. Um, you know, to me, if you're making really good pens and you have all the equipment in your machine shop, why not branch out and do other things that maybe people would collect and um, all their stuff's made in Texas. And um, I haven't tried one of their knives or anything. Again, this is not a, an ad or, or anything, but um, I really like the design. I love that everything's made um, in the United States. I love the idea of supporting a small business like that. But going back to Hank's for a second. So if you wanted to Hank today, where would you go? Well, it's so interesting because, you know, you kind of thought like Hanks were a fad. There's a bunch of companies kind of doing these really one-off or really unique fabric handkerchiefs, especially for the EDC community. And then those kind of have ramped down a little bit, but what's kind of filled their place and is definitely wrapped up is a company called, um, Cantonment and they're doing, um, ones, but they call theirs kerchiefs where it's kind of the size is a little and their sizes are really between that of a handkerchief uh, or handkerchief and a bandana. A really great size. And they have something called the Woggle, which if you were in Boy Scouts, it's almost like the, what we'd call like the, the slide that you could, you know, use it um, to kind of, you know, put the two uh, corners together. Um, so really cool company. And, you know, the graphics they have on theirs are really, really nice. I have a, a few here. And, um, you know, they've done some with like watch dials. They've done some around like guitars and cameras and cars. I always wanted to get the one with the, um, has uh, kind of mimics the, the plaid interior on a Volkswagen GTI that I, I used to have. Um, so if you, uh, are looking for something, uh, for all those various uses, uh, or if you need a background for your pocket dump, um, maybe, maybe check them out. Outside of like the handkerchief kind of fad within the EDC community, another fad uh, that went up quick and then down quick was the fad of, you're going to laugh, fidget spinners. And I think we all know this was a fad and a lot of kids had, you know, plastic ones with like the three corners and you could hold a pinch it between your thumb and index finger and spin it. And that was fun. But, you know, no surprise when that started getting popular, you know, machinists and some of these uh, people that had the wherewithal and the material knowledge, you know, got into it and thought, you know, how can I make a, a better one? So I actually have a fidget spinner here <laughs> where the weights on the ends are, are tungsten, um, you know, super heavy metal. And when you spin that, I mean, it uh, will shake your entire a hand and it the bearings are so high quality in it that you know when you spin it you know you could walk away for a couple minutes and come back and it's still spinning um so it's so interesting to me how you know some of the impetus for things in the edc community about you know how do you curate how do you make the best of something and then also how do you you know make it small batch or make it even smaller or simpler or just with better materials um is kind of what it's, what it's all about. So it's cool to, to see something like that. But, you know, fidget spinners are, are definitely on the downhill and, and pretty much have gone away. Um, but what I'm now seeing an, an uptick in is worry stones. And if you don't know what a worry stone is, it's I'm holding one now in my hand. Um, I have one um, made by the Jones Brothers. Shout out to them in uh, Danville, Virginia. And the one I have is one, I think, uh, Barry made this. And what was amazing is it started as a stack of, um, quarters and then he heated them together and pressed them together. And the layers of 
copper and um, metal makes like he makes his own mokume gane out of a stack of quarters uh, which is just amazing it's just fun to hold has these ridges that he's um, carved into it there's no moving parts with this um, there are some worry stones that have like some haptic feedback but this one does not but i am seeing a rise in this and you know what facilitates a couple things i think one is um people wanted to have a way to experience kind of new or unique materials and so um like this one just looks cool and it's a lot of fun because of like the homemade mokume that it's made out of and the layers you know of uh copper and uh, i guess it's probably nickel um but um, you know, like with Damascus and things. And there was an uptick in worry stone, especially like rectangular ones, because makers in the EDC community started making them to look like little pieces of Beskar, which you'll remember is those little ingots, really, of small metal that uh, was highlighted in The Mandalorian, the TV show on Disney+. Plus. Um where they would take these chunks of Beskar and um, they could fashion their armor out of it. Um, and so there's a lot of worry stones that are these like, that look just like these small little, um, you know, billets of Beskar or ingots of Beskar uh, from, the, from the TV show, The Mandalorian. And they even had like the little Imperial logo in like the bottom left or bottom right. Um, so it's interesting how, people take pop culture, I think, and then um, kind of make it their own in this community. Um, so I think you're going to see a little bit more of worry stones. And again, that's just something you can keep uh, in your pocket. Um, there's another guy, um, I think it's uh, C.D. Peterson or C.D. Patterson. I'll link it up in the show notes. He does pocket ponds, which he did long before uh, Queen's Gambit came out on Netflix, but the pocket pond is just that. It's like something to keep in your pocket. It's like a worry stone. And the idea, too, if you don't know what a worry stone is, what, where that name comes from, it's uh, think of it as almost, too, of like how people would have um, a rosary or some, you know, prayer beads around their wrist or around their neck, and they could just kind of count or say something as they kind of work through the beads. Um and move it in their hand. Well, a worry stone is kind of the same thing. It's a way to maybe help with anxiety, or if you're a fidgeter, it's uh, just something uh, to maybe keep your hands busy and maybe also your your mind occupied. Um, that's really where that that term comes from. So anything small that can fit in your hand and maybe it's easy to to be moved around um, is kind of a way to think about that. But typically, there's no moving parts involved. Um, with worry stones but going back to the um the cd um peterson or patterson uh the pocket ponds these are so cool they he mills them i imagine on a, on a, a lathe and um they look just like ponds but they're smaller great different types of materials like tamascus or mokume or titanium or i think maybe even steel or bronze uh, or copper, and you can just hold them, and uh, it's kind of acts as a war stone, but it's just cool also that it looks like um, a little uh, pond from like a chess set is really the inspiration there. Um, I think that's really cool. That's definitely something I want to pick up, uh, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. I just think something like that would be cool. You know, going back real fast to um, my little bottle opener that I have on my keychain from Ken Jordan uh, of Jordan metal art. You know what he actually got famous for though, was his bronze scale cubes. And I see photos with his cubes show up all the time on Instagram in the strangest places, but the, they make perfect sense. He made and milled these beautiful cubes that are exactly one inch in every dimension right width length or depth or height 
right? You know, in all three dimensions. And so people would use them then to take pictures with um, other things and you could see the scale that way. Um, really ingenious. I'd love to have one too, actually. I don't think he makes them anymore. But I still see him show up in pictures all the time. And I just think they're cool. I actually have some of his other cubes that he's done where it's almost like he is showing different designs and almost showing off from a machinist standpoint, which I think is great, of uh, milling out these solid cubes. But now they're hollowed out, but they have all these really cool like um, structures inside. Um, I've taken a few pictures of these cubes and have posted them to my Instagram feed. Um, you know, at the Grumpy Collector uh, in the past. I, I'll try to maybe uh, do some more over the next two weeks. That's also something I've been thinking about why I like the idea of just doing an episode every couple of weeks is it gives me a couple of weeks to kind of promote the episode and also share pictures kind of along the way and get the uh, show notes up before, um, you know, an, another episode comes out. Um, but keep an eye out for... Uh, for these worry stones. I definitely think that's kind of the, um, one of the new things. Um, yeah, I even have one from, uh, Chris, uh, Bathgate from, uh, Maryland. And that's uh, really cool where it's, um, curved and machined. And then on the other side, he's recessed the metal and then overlaid it with, um, a piece of, um, wood. And it's, it's really a, a pocket sculpture is really the only way I could, um, I could describe it. The next thing that we can kind of go back to too is bottle openers, because when I think EDC and the EDC community, the thing that grounds that whole community, what is the one thing most makers make? And maybe because it's the simplest thing to make, I don't know. Um, but it's so interesting to see how people tackle it. Uh, the idea of it is the lowly bottle opener. And it's easy to see why. One is it, it has a utilitarian purpose, especially for those of us who drink uh, beer from a bottle. You got to, you know, a lot of companies don't do twist offs. Um, they're small and they're definitely something that most people like to have on, on their keychain. And, you know, if you go back to Lucas Burnley and, you know, a lot of the EDC community, again, really they've all started a lot of them have started out some of them were professional machinists but then a lot of them also get into the edc world through um, means of being knife makers first and um, with the, the case of uh, lucas burnley he, he still is a fantastic knife maker and then he does these little side pops on the side um, where they have a great heft in their you know, a, a bot opener but they're really more collectible i don't know if anyone really uses them a whole lot but there are other people who have done bottle openers along the lines also with pop culture. Like I'm holding one now by uh, Zach Woods out of Billings, Montana. And it looks just like the Millennium Falcon. And it took me a long time to track this down because I am a Star Wars fan. And I was like, man, I got to find this. And the little pod that comes off to the side, you know, where Chewie and, and Han would sit, um, that's actually the the lip for the the bottle opener piece, and then the front of the Millennium Falcon is angled down to be like a little pry bar, and then it does have um, a hex in the middle um, that you could use, and then it also has a circle at the back um, so you could put it on your key ring. It's titanium, super light, nice tumbled finish. Um, you know, he makes a great bottle opener, but then also um, what he's known for is making mini pry bars. Um, these small, think of a small pry bar, maybe five or six inches long out of, you know, steel, usually a, a tool steel like O2 or something, or maybe even A1 or A2. But um, he's also done some in titanium. Um, I'd worry a little bit about using it under heavy use, but um, at least it would be light. And so that's kind of been his niche. And, you know, if you want to find his work, he does have a website I'll put in the show notes, but um, really to find his work, you've, you've got to go on Facebook to his group is where he drops most things. And so, you know, what I would say is I know a lot of people maybe look down on Facebook from a social media platform and I get it. I'm not on there a whole lot either. I, I much prefer, prefer, uh, Instagram, but 
from a community building standpoint, it's a million times better than Instagram because you can create your, as a maker for free, right? You could create your own group. It's almost like your own forum. And it's super easy for people to get alerts when something new is posted out. You know, Facebook groups is really the reason I think Facebook is still around because of their, I know so many people that are on there because of the groups uh, th that are out there. And so, you know, almost like the groups that you have on Reddit, um, but I think they can be curated and you have um, admins. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an admin for the Watcha uh, Facebook group. But, uh, you know, when I'm looking for EDC gear, and of course there's a lot of buy, sell, trade groups, but most of the makers have their own uh, Facebook groups. You know, even if you subscribe to their newsletter or you follow them on Instagram, you're going to be missing a lot of stuff if you're not um, visiting their group. So that's my insider tip. Another one I'm looking at now is by Bulakula out of Hawaii. And this one's unique. It's titanium too, long and narrow. But inside it has, um, he's put inside it uh, two tritium tubes. And if you're not familiar with tritium, it's um, pretty cool. Tritium is a hydrogen isotope. It's H3. So it's unstable, and so it decays. And as it decays, you know, it's um, emitting radiation. And so if you have it in a tube, say a glass tube, and then you cover that tube in um, a phosphorescent material, as it decays, it will light up that phosphorus as it, as it leaves. And so it glows all the time. It doesn't need sunlight at all. And, um, you know, there's a lot of watches that use tritium tubes, um, like Luminox and Ball watches are the two that most people uh, think of. And tritium's totally fine. You know, it's a very low energy um, beta emitter. So, you know, even large amounts of the isotope really pose no external hazard to people. And they say, you know, beta radiation can't even penetrate the outer protective dead layer of skin on the body. Where you would get into trouble, though, is if somehow you took the tritium out of the tube, let's say they broke, and then they got absorbed into your skin, or, um, you know, heaven forbid it got in like water and you drank it, uh, then you you definitely would, uh, would you know, would be concerning. So um, that's why it's actually really hard to find things with tritium tubes, because at least in the U.S., you know, we have laws against kind of um, um, superficial use of, <laughs> of radioactive material, uh, which, uh, you know, technically, I guess you could you would call tritium that. It's not uranium or plutonium. You know, it's not a, a gamma um, uh, emitter. But, uh, it you know, nevertheless, it's there. There's um, quite, um, yeah, again, uh, watches are probably the most known for that. But as a watch collector, I would just tell you, too, if you had a watch that got damaged, let's say you were hiking and it fell and, you know, the tubes cracked or something, you just want to be a little careful about getting um, any of that on, on your skin, uh, for sure, because your body could absorb it. Um, but this is a really, really well-machined um a bottle opener and really it doubles too is like a nightlight because it's just glowing all the time you know of course tritium has a half-life like everything and so it will get darker over time but um until then it you know it kind of serves a dual purpose because if you put this on your keychain then it's um, you know you could find your keys in the dark without having to turn on the light or needing a flashlight um, and again just super really well machined it's the only piece of gear I've ever had where he puts at Bulakula, which is his Instagram page, which is where you find his work. Um, I haven't seen anyone else really put a, a social media handle on, on their stuff. Um, you know, the other, um, you know, when I think of, again, the intersection between knife makers and bottle openers, there's actually been quite a few pretty famous knife makers who have, you know, also gotten some notoriety for making bot openers. Richard Rogers makes one, the opener. Strider Knives, if you know of Strider Knives, Mick Strider, uh, they've done a bottle opener. Um, Brad Blount has done one. It looks like a little baseball bat. Really cool. I used to have one for a while. Um, my favorite, though, 
is by the um, knife maker uh, Jesper of uh, uh, Voxneus, um, and his company is Vox Knives and Vox Designs. He's uh, in Denmark, and he makes these bottle openers, and they are he makes them almost look like different animals, and they have a big circle in the middle, so you could put it around your finger or your thumb, almost like a fidget spinner, or let's say, I guess you know, in a you know severe case, you could almost use it as like a, a brass knuckle or something. Um, but really, they're they're made to be bottle openers, and they just look awesome. Um, I used to have each of the little animals he did, like a seahorse um, and like a, a bug. Um, I've kept my two favorite, which is um, an owl and a bear. And they're both out of stainless steel. And he does different stamps on them. And then sometimes he'll finish them differently. My owl is um, kind of has a rubbed, polished uh, finish on the outside and on the top and bottom. And then the hole in the middle... Um, is um, rough as if it was maybe a bead blasted whereas then the bear that i have the the top and back are smooth but then the sides and the hole uh, are all uh, bead blasted um, super collectible um, a lot of fun they're sometimes hard to find you'd really have to go on some of the edc like buy sell trade forums to find them and he's done them in different metals too traditionally steel but um Sometimes you can find them in like a bronze as well. And then another knife maker in Denmark who also is known for making bottle openers and things that I would, you know, feel bad if we didn't mention was Jens Anso and his company Anso of Denmark. Um, he's also, when I think of a successful knife maker and then who's also just as well known for his EDC stuff, it's absolutely Jens and he makes some of the best. And so... Um, I would also encourage you to to seek out his work if you're looking for something. And again, it's all about when you think EDC, it's like, how do you curate and how do you have just those few perfect things that maybe match from a material standpoint or a size perspective or even, you know, just having the same things by the same maker? Um, you know, how do you find those combinations maybe that are so interesting? Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just having something that's incredibly well crafted, uh, by one person and it's, uh, it's a little totem. A side thing, uh, when you think about EDC and when you think about bottle openers, there's two things that come to my mind. And one is the church key. And if you don't know what a church key is, you can look that up. But the idea behind it is it almost looks like a key. But really is also, you know, and the idea is maybe it was like the church key to use to open up maybe the liquor cabinet in the church. I don't know uh, exactly where they got that name from. But also a lot of them are bottle openers, too. So it's like a key and bottle opener in one. And there's been a few makers um, that have, you know, like Zach Wood, uh, who I've already mentioned um, from Montana. He's made some and there's been a couple other makers kind of take on and reinterpret the whole um, church key idea. So definitely encourage you to uh, look into those as, as well. That could be a fun, um, you know, internet or Instagram rabbit hole for, for people to go down. And then, you know, we had talked a little bit about um, fidget spinners. Well, the company Steel Flame, which most people know, right? They do jewelry and things and rings and necklaces. Well, they also did something called the the ring spin which was a bottle opener on both sides but in the middle it had the bearings to be like a fidget spinner that you could spin and so it was like a fidget spinner bottle opener all in one um, so really unique and one-off kind of hybrid approach to to this stuff and then when you know if you wanted to say okay troy this all sounds good but, you know, I don't really want to have to follow a hundred different people in different forums if I just want to kind of up my EDC game. You know, if that's the case, where should I go um, online? Is there places or dealers that maybe specialize in some of this where I could just go to a retailer and maybe find, um, 
you know, the few things that maybe might interest me and, you know, and be done and I can move on with my life. I don't want to spend my life in the, the depths of Facebook EDC communities to, to find, you know, something just up my pen game, or I just want a nice bottle opener, right? Well, I'm here to help. So the couple websites that I want to share with you, the first one, if you only want to go to one place to kind of see glimpses of the EDC world a bit more, I would recommend you check out urbanedcsupply.com. I've bought a bunch of stuff from them over uh, many years. They do some really cool exclusives, sometimes like pocket knives, sometimes it's handkerchiefs, sometimes it's worry coins or fidget spinners that you know pens you name it um lanyard beads uh they probably have either sold it and you can see it in their um you know a sold out section or um have something available now i'm um, just getting on their email list they do a, their drops of when they restock their online stores every wednesday um, and nothing's made by them. They're just a really good at curating a really good um, group of items. So I think they have great customer service. I totally can recommend them. Again, this is unpaid. This is just, you know, Troy's thoughts on this. Um, another one is actually ArizonaCustomKnives.com. And while they're known as a reseller um, of, of knives predominantly people who want to sell their knives on consignment. There's actually a ton of EDC stuff, uh, always on their site as well. Um, I actually have a, <laughs> a, a, a bottle opener on their site right now that I'm, I've consigned out. Um, but, uh, there's a bunch of stuff out there uh, from an EDC standpoint from, um, lanyard beads and, you know, dog tags to, um, you know, bottle openers so it's worth checking out i'll put a direct link in the show notes of how to get directly to the page where they kind of list out all the edc stuff uh, sometimes they've had wonderful pens too uh, by matthew marks who's a great pen maker as well um, so again uh, absolutely i would recommend arizona custom knives i've been a customer of theirs for over a decade um you know, a newer retailer kind of to the scene in the last couple of years is um, one called KnifeJoy, KnifeJoy.com. And they also have a pretty good selection of everyday carry tools. I'll do a direct link to their site on some of the stuff that they carry, but definitely check those out. And then if you were going to ask me, you know, Troy, what makers should I be looking at, especially if maybe you don't want to go on Facebook because, you know, again, you're going to have to wait and there could be drops or lotteries and things like that but if you wanted to buy just something directly from a maker who has a good um, web store um, one would be again Jens Anso his um, Anso of Denmark um, you know he has uh, quite a few things on his web shop I would absolutely recommend him and the other one is um, uh, Coach Tools or, or Coke Tools K-O-C-H-T-O-O-L-S um, he's known for his bottle opener, uh, which is called the cap lifter, but he's made a ton of other stuff. He even for a while, did some 3d printed plastic like sheets that you could punch out of a bunch of different EDC stuff. And I used them as stocking stuffers a couple years ago for my two boys and they loved them cause they could, you know, kind of pop out and it was like a little, um, knife and there was a little bottle opener. And I think one of the sheets maybe glowed in the dark. So really cool stuff. He's a super talented artist too. So um, it's interesting that he's a great graphic and visual artist. And then he's also a machinist and, um, you know, designs all of these really cool tools. So uh, definitely do yourself a favor. Uh, look at some of these at a minimum, you know, get on the mailing list for like urban EDC supply. And, you know, just once a week, you'll get an email from them and you'll start seeing some, some really cool, things I think um, the, the pops down. And then, you know, if you're a watch collector, you know, why would you care about any of this? And the reason is though the EDC community and the knife community, I'll be honest, explore materials and are early adopters of things that then you see in the watch world 
a decade or two later. You know, remember when, um, you know, watches started doing um, carbon fiber dials that were just like that straight weave, you know, knife uh, had carbon fiber handles for years before that. And then they went to really interesting weaves or like the compressed or, um, you know, morphed or marbled carbon fiber. You saw that on knives long before you saw the compressed carbon fiber case that you now see like Doxa does one with some yellow accents and Audemars Piguet has made um, a case that way too. And then you're seeing like some of the bead blasting like Zenith is doing on some of their titanium cases like that, um, you know, like that um, Shadow Revival or Tribute to Shadow um, Chronomaster that they, they put out uh, late last year. And, um, you know, EDC stuff has had that same sort of finish uh, long ago. And then you even think like the, you know, the, the uh, carbo quartz that Richard Mill uses, there's been knife handles with that same material for a long time. Um, <laughs> so I think it's just so interesting. Or like even a Bamford, you know, did a Zenith watch where the case was made out of uh, superconductor material, uh, kind of like that superconductor, super colliding material where it has these different um almost like huge wires or filaments going through um, the solid material again i've had knives with handles made out of that um, even i think william henry has made some knives with that material long before it was ever used um you know for a watch case uh, same with damascus that you know zen uses they do sometimes a damascus case or damascus dial um and then Damascus, which is titanium uh, Damascus, which, um, who is it? I think, uh, Zelos uses on their watch cases and watch dials. They've done some I'm surprised more companies haven't yet because honestly, Damascus is a beautiful material and it's predominantly titanium. So it's light, uh, which would be a great material. I hope more watch companies, um, start using that. Um, but again, if you want to see the future of material science, um, and materials in general, that may show up in a watch uh, in the future. Look to the EDC and, and knife world because um, there's a lot of guys that are um, pushing the envelope long before it becomes mainstream enough that uh, you see it elsewhere. You know, even people like Black Badger, who's started doing some collaborations in the watch world with like dials and things. Um, you know, his he very much made a name for himself in the EDC and kind of, uh, you know, jewelry world, uh, making rings and things. I have a, a wonderful lanyard bead made by him actually. So, um, that's all I would say is it's interesting how one, um, community can, um, you know, can eventually kind of spill over into another community. I love, uh, again, Mokumegane, which is kind of the traditional Japanese Damascus, but where it's, um, different things of usually like, copper uh, steel and maybe even like brass or sometimes like three color and i would love to see the watch world kind of embrace that um it'd be so cool to see some like mokume um watch cases or, or watch dials so fingers crossed uh that maybe that comes down the pipe uh you know here soon thank you so much for listening to the grumpy collector podcast again i was your host today troy McHenry. Um, hope you learned some new things i'm really i just want you to get that the spark of being inquisitive and curious about edc because there's just so much kind of like homespun machinist work being done by individuals that we can all support and it's stuff that you really do use every day, right? These are all extremely functional items. I mean, this is the, at the heart to me of what does craft look like in, you know, 2021, uh, you know, in this decade. And it's it's EDC, uh, 100% is how craft has evolved and become um, a little bit more utilitarian. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, also in incredibly useful so 
and this stuff is very hardy. I'm, you know, I've dropped all of these things. All the things we've really spoken about today too are, are metal, right? That's kind of also maybe an underlying theme. You know, the fuzzy um, uh, design beat I was talking about—that was my carta, uh, which is a little different, but also equally as um, indestructible. But again, thank you. I'll get out uh, show notes here uh, shortly. And uh, for those who have listened on this long, a teaser for the next and last episode of the year is going to be a little uh, collection inspection of uh, my watch collection and kind of go through the, the ads and deletions that I've, I've made um, this calendar year and maybe what I'm thinking about for uh, next year. So let's pick apart my watch collection and figure out what might be duplicative and maybe also what gaps exist. So hope to hear from you next time and see you on Instagram uh, uh, in the meantime as well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.